All right, let's um party. Yeah, let's party. There are in our world certain places that seem to draw on the strange, the unusual, the monstrous. And when you were a hip young teen coming of age in one of these locations, it doesn't matter if you are an aspiring scientific genius, a burgeoning telekinetic, or a social media influencer. Your safety is not guaranteed. In these dangerous times at Chillhaven High. open on a wide shot of the Prospect Quandary crash site. Rain is cascading down in sheets throughout the anodyne pines. We hear the hollow pattering sounds as the droplets ricochet off of the large white tent that Indigo Labs has erected to contain the site. We see a, a, a hive of activity as science goons and Humvees crowd the exterior of the tent. Our camera swooshes down in through the airlock and into the interior of the tent where the sound of those raindrops is now echoed throughout. We see uh, further activity in here. From a distance, we see more science goons. We see our empty suit Indigo Labs man barking orders into a walkie-talkie. And nearby, studying the commotion coldly through her impenetrable science goggles, we see one Meredith Indigo. Boo. Boo. We don't want you. Boo. <laughs> Boo, Meredith Indigo. Boo. That's how we feel about you. Uh, Our camera then drops down to ground level and lingers for just a moment at the edge of the tent where we can see the waters of Lake Obelisk swollen against their banks from this torrential rainfall just beginning to creep underneath the edge of the tarp. And then just like that, our camera swooshes back out through the airlock and up, 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 super high up into the air over the anodyne pines until all that we can see is a carpet of green. And then it does that spooky thing where the camera flips slowly and turns uh, until it's upside down. And so now the the pines are at the top of our screen in the sky below Mm -hmm. and the camera crashes and craters into those pines, swirling in circles all the way as it goes until it lands on the Behorned figure, but the beantlered figure, beantlered, beantlered, besticked, besticked, 
the vestigial figure of <laughs> Angela Atticus Jr. picking her way through the Sylvan Forest. What up at me? Hey, it's your girl. That. It's your it's your tree, Angela Atticus Jr. It's your tree. Subscribe <laughs> to my channel. Number one, <laughs> subscribe to my channel. Number one have, tree. Hit like. <laughs> Smash that like button. Ring she that was bell. a social. I mean, she was a social media influencer at one point. That's true. true. Still is at heart. Still is. Some might call that your your it. roots. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Angela, you yeah. are uh, you are still chasing after Thatch, the little green man, who is not too difficult to pursue in this forest. They're difficult to to make out visually, but they make enough noise as their leaves rub together and they crash through the sticks and branches of their presumably I don't know cousin trees and plants. You're able to uh, to keep a line on them and keep them, if not in sight, at least in ear. The character of the forest uh, is changing as, as you're following this little guy. The ground beneath your feet is becoming a bit moister, uh, a bit muddier. The roots of the trees are becoming more visible and knotted through the ground. And you realize after a little while that the forest is transitioning into something more akin to a dense swampland. You also notice as you're following this little, this little creature that you two are far from alone here in this forest. You never actually see anything else, but you hear uh, incessantly the sounds of things moving around just outside of your periphery, crawling about in the canopy in the underbrush. And that pronounced feeling of being watched that you had when Thatch was watching you never really dissipated. And you get the sense that there are innumerable unknown entities surrounding you in this forest. So we're still wandering. Yeah, you are. You're following Thatch. So Thatch, uh, you said you've been here your whole life. Thatch is a, a, a bit ahead of you. I'm uh, screaming. I know. <laughs> um, uh, but you, uh, they know, stop. <laughs> and you see those little black eyes uh, turn around and face you. And they say, uh, yes, I've always been in this wood. Do you like it? They shrug and kind of stare blankly at you. Like they don't really understand what that could mean. Mm. So much for making small talk. Um, well, you know, you're in this forest and I've been, we've been walking around for a little bit and there's obviously some other stuff in the forest too. I've been hearing a lot of rustling around. Is there anything dangerous in here? That's nods aggressively. Oh, yes. There are many uh, malign and malicious creatures in Fae that lurk these woods. Malicious Fae? Yes. And spirits and beasts and fowl and all sorts of nasty stuff. It's a forest. It's wild. Yeah, but like a quote-unquote normal forest doesn't normally have malign spirits and beasts running around. Well, kind of, but... I don't know. About a normal forest. This is the only forest I've ever been in. Have you ever been outside of the forest? Hmm. I've been in a clearing. In a clearing? Mm-hmm. Yes. I've been to a creek and a river. Oh, nice. Yes. Well, how much longer are we going to be running around for? Are we almost there? We are uh, getting close. These swamplands are the domain of the one we look for. <laughs> 
Is the one we look for one of those dangerous things in the forest? Oh, no. She's much more dangerous than them. Come on, let's go. Oh. And they run off ahead of you again. <laughs> uh, Angela looks really nervous, <laughs> but uh, there's nowhere else to go except for follow this little green guy because she's going to be lost. So she um, has her backpack. She like puts her hands on her straps and like kind of picks them up a little bit mm-hmm. and starts following off um, the thatch and kind of jogs along to keep up because she's a little behind now. Okay. Let's cut to the inevitable Penny White. Is that a word? The, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the inevitable? No, I said the inevitable. Ine- I don't know what I said. Inimitable? Is that what you're going for? Inimitable? Yeah. What is that? Like you can't, like one of a kind can't, can't be imitated. Inimitable. Inimitable? I thought it was yeah. imitable. Yeah. I don't know anymore. Imitable would mean I don't you know can words. be imitated. I Christopher wouldn't. Walken is very imitable. Or is he? Anyway, we got to Penny White. That's me. What Penny, what are you doing? What's going on? Penny is meeting Heck at the local park. It's pretty small. We're going to say it is called Comfort Park. Ooh. Nice. Um, How small? And so in, in Portland, uh, we have like the ti- the smallest park in the world, which was Aww. Just like a little concrete circle with one small plant in it in the median of a road? Yes. Uh, I assume it's larger than that. Yes, quite. Quite a bit. Um, <laughs> it's large enough that there's like a fountain in the middle. Um, there's a lot of trees. People sit under the trees, but there's not. There's a couple benches, but it's not. There aren't really any statues or anything. Like people will walk their dogs, but it's never that busy. I feel like more people come to just read and hang out. You okay. need a gazebo because it's raining. Okay, we'll give a gazebo. You get That's a really smart. Your parents built a gazebo for the park. Yeah. Yes, of course. It's made out of you. Yeah, I was oh, going to say. <laughs> <laughs> they harvested my wood parts. My wood parts. And to my me, the lumber part. prices are just so high. <laughs> so Penny has asked Heck to meet her at the park, and they're going to meet at the fountain. Yeah, Penny, when you uh, arrive at the park, it is uh, sparsely populated because... It's raining. Mm. Uh, you know, I think you see one or two disgruntled dog walkers in ponchos uh, walking soaked, upset poochies in a small circle. Poor Pretty babies. But other than that, you don't really see anybody uh, except, of course, for Chillhaven High's own star quarterback, Heck Gently. Ooh-wee. Ooh-wee. Uh, you see Heck as you're walking up. Uh, he is... Seated, I think, on the on the edge of the fountain, like the little concrete kind of barrier, you know, around the fountain. Mm-hmm. He's got a poncho on. It's a uh, Chillhaven High, like, football poncho. It's got his name and his <laughs> number on the back there. A collector's item now. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think he is pensively flipping pennies into the fountain. Ah, that's, that's a cute thing that he would do, yeah. Uh-huh. He's a cute boy. <laughs> Um, so Penny's going to walk up to Heck, and it's, it's like, you know when you're walking towards someone, you're making eye contact, and you're not close enough to talk, and so it's awkward, so you do like a little <laughs> skip step till you get there, but then that feels awkward because you're not running. You shouldn't run, um, so uh-huh. she's uncomfortable. But she gets there, um, and she says, hi, Heck. Uh, thanks for meeting me. Oh, yeah. Hey, Penny. I, I, I was actually really glad that you texted me. You were. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I we uh, go on. Oh no! I just I, 
I mean, yeah, you, uh, no, yeah, you go, you can, you go first. What's up? What's, what's, what's going on? Oh, okay. Um, I didn't bring an umbrella. I'm not prepared. Do you want to go, um, over to the gazebo really quick? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, please. This, this poncho is, uh, sort of just a plastic bag full of water now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so they move to the gazebo, and uh-huh. Penny has her backpack on with a device that Zeke made. So uh, she's walking with her backpack, and they get there, and they're under the gazebo, and Penny says, um, so there's a lot going on all the time, and... Peck nods aggressively. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh-huh. I don't, uh-huh. don't want to add more stress to that. Like, this doesn't have to be anything big. Um... But I really like you, and I really care about you, and I'm just going to go for it, okay? You don't know what I'm talking about. And then Penny opens up the backpack, and is there, like, a button? Do I get a play button? Yeah, it's just a big, like, brass circle with a big button in the middle. All right, so Penny's going to lift it up and push the button. Zeke, what happens when she pushes the button? Well, I believe Penny's request was for uh, fireworks. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I think uh, upon pressing the button, holographic fireworks uh, just start shooting out of the top of it and like bursting around Penny and Heck. Uh, and like they're all pixelated. Like when they burst, it's, it's like it gives like a little 8-bit like noise and the pixels kind of just dissolve away. Uh, and then uh, one firework shoots up and then writes in cursive in the air like a skywriter in big glittery block letters. Uh, heck gently, will you go to prom with me, Penny? Question mark. I I think. Oh, heck- I'm sorry. I forgot to say. Also, it plays "Treasure" by Bruno Mars. Okay. <laughs> Treasure. I don't even know what that sounds. That song sounds like, but Treasure. You said Bruno Mars. Well, now James is gonna sing the whole thing for you. you are. Yep. I hate Bruno Mars's music. <laughs> So Heck stares at the uh, underside of the ceiling of the gazebo for a few beats before he realizes that he has to step out uh, of it to look up and see the sky. And uh, you see Penny, the expression on his face oh, as no. he's looking up at this this um, firework cursive writing. And Heck has been, I mean, Heck's a good boy. Uh, he's a sweet boy. It's in his protocols. Be a good boy. But he's been fairly uh, melancholic for, I mean, since since the events at the pool party. And uh, I think even when you got to the park today, seeing him as before he saw you at the fountain, he seemed troubled more so than usual. But as you're watching him now looking up at this uh, message in the sky, uh, you see that expression break and you see a huge smile spread across his face and you see his little ears twitching uh, on top of his head. I forgot about the ears. The ears are uh-huh. so cute. Uh, and he he admires the message for, for one more moment before he comes back into the gazebo and he takes both of your hands in his and he says um, Penny, I would, I would love to go to the dance with you. <gasps> really? I mean, of course. Yeah, you said you said yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, then, and then Penny's gonna like kind of throw her arm. <laughs> Penny's gonna throw her arms around him, um, and then she's gonna stop for a second and look at him and say, "Is it 
okay if I kiss you on the cheek? Is that weird? Are we not? It's it's not weird, uh, and it is okay. It, people have been kissing me lately without asking, so I appreciate the uh, <laughs> yeah. appreciate um, uh, that you uh, look for some consent. Of course, I forgot about that, but now I remember. <laughs> and then Penny like shakes her head to get that thought out of there, and then um, <laughs> just plants a little kiss on his cheek. Uh, Hex says, hey, Penny, um, you know things have been super weird, uh, kind of categorically lately. And um, I feel like going to a dance with you sounds like the most wonderfully normal thing that we could possibly do. So I, I, I honestly can't wait. Me too. Hex says um, he thinks for a moment and you see his, that expression on his face kind of return to that pensive, troubled look that he had when you were walking up. And he says, uh, hey, Penny, I kind of have to show you something, too. Okay. Is, ev- is everything okay? Uh, no, but okay. not necessarily less that much less okay than it has been. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just... Um, I, sorry, this was like, that was like a really nice thing. I don't want to bum you out, but, uh, I kind of have to show somebody. Yeah, no, it's okay. Let's go. And he kind of gestures for y'all to uh, take a seat, uh, in the gazebo. I think there's like some wooden benches kind of around the periphery of the gazebo. Mm -hmm. And he pulls out his phone. He turns his phone so that you can both see the screen and he pulls up a video. Oh no. He pulls up a video that is, it's in that greenish, high contrasted hue that you're familiar with of a night vision camera. And he hits play on it. For a few seconds, you watch the the time on the video scroll past without much happening or movement. It takes your eyes a few moments to put together what this scene is but you realize that the scene is shot from a stationary camera in Heck's bedroom, and it is of Heck sleeping in bed. You see the the seconds zipping by. Uh, It's clearly the time has been sped up a little bit on this. He scrolls forward several minutes, and you you see like in super fast motion, him like kind of rolling around in bed a little bit and tossing and turning. And then there's light in the room from the direction of the doorway. And you see enter the room who you you haven't met Heck's parents. I don't no. <laughs> I don't believe. Uh, but you assume that this couple who enters the room, kind of like a normal middle class couple, are his parents. And they are trailed immediately by a couple of Indigo Labs science goons. <sighs> And you watch then uh, on this video, this kind of, again, slightly sped up video as Hex parents and these science goons go through a number of different examinations, procedures. They seem to be taking some kind of sample from him. They're taking readouts similar to what you've seen Jeff do when Jeff hooks up to Hex gears. You see his panels opened up in this shot. You see, uh, you see one of the goons pull out a big plastic vial with 
stool replacement written on it, and they kind of just place that down into into hex abdomen. Ah, uh, uh, Yeah. <laughs> Does Penny say that out loud? Now, yes. Now she can sleep at night. <laughs> uh, Hex says, yeah, I guess that's where the poop's coming from. Um, and he stops the video then. He says, uh, so yeah, I, I know we were kind of investigating my origins and then like the ship crash and everything got really goofy and I know y'all have been really busy. So I set up a secret camera inside a teddy bear in my bedroom. <laughs> and it's really cute. Thanks, but... This is what it recorded last night. That's terrible. You, so you think that they've been doing this who knows how many nights? Like do they, every night? It's not every night because I had the camera for a couple of nights and nothing. But uh, no, I don't. It doesn't seem like they just decided to do this all of a sudden yesterday. I'm assuming this is... Penny, I think they've been like... I mean, my parents are... I think they've been lying to me. I think they absolutely have been lying to you. And they're working with Indigo Labs. And they're horrible people. Yeah, it doesn't seem... Penny, it doesn't seem great. No, it seems very, very bad. Do you... You can stay with me and Zeke. I mean, I'm about to, I'm probably going to head over to see Zeke now and we can... We can figure something out, but I don't... You don't have to stay with them. Thanks, Penny. I'm, uh... I mean, everything's been super weird since I fell into a swimming pool and found out I was a robot. Yeah. And I thought I really wanted answers about why I was a robot and where I came from. But now that I'm getting answers and they're making me feel sad and confused. I know. There are a lot of bad people out there and then there are a lot of bad things that happen. But I don't know. I've always had bad things happen to me and... It helps to have people around you that you can count on. So I hope that you feel that way about me and Zeke and Angela. Because we're always going to be there for you. It's not going to, like, fix it all, but I don't know. We can fight them or something. I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to fight your parents, but... I'm not saying I'm not going to fight your parents, but... <laughs> no, yeah, I... I <laughs> he takes your hand uh, in his hand and he says, it, it means a lot that you would fight my parents. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> and like, you know, no matter what, we're going to go to a dance and that's going to be normal and that's going to be good. Yeah. Is it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Speak truth into the universe. Let's cut to Zeke. Yes. Zeke. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Was that the puberty yes. happening? <laughs> No, he's just turned into that character from The Simpsons. Yes! <laughs> yes! Like so many Simpsons characters, it's just a parody of a real person, I think, but I have no yeah. frame of reference for who. Yep. <laughs> like on Looney Tunes, where all of a sudden there'd be like a weird caricature of a human being. It's like, I know this is supposed to be somebody, but... <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> Zeke, what are you doing? So yeah, I think Vesper and the Zeke's Went back to Zeke's place after Patrick's patties. Uh, I think we have moved downstairs into Jeff's lab through the slide in his closet. And I think uh, young Zeke is looking anywhere but at Vesper with their arm crossed across <laughs> their body. 
uh-huh. while old Zeke gives Vesper the tour as though they have never been here before because he doesn't know if they've been here before or not. Okay. So yeah, this is my lab. It gets a lot more impressive in 30 years, I promise. But this is it know, right I've now. I've been here before. Oh, you I have? Keep telling you. Yes, I was held prisoner here very recently. Oh, right, right, right. Listen, I've blocked out a lot of the memories of when we weren't friends because we've been friends for so long. Quit saying that. I don't like to think about that idea. And you're not from the future. Zeke. If you had told me a week ago that you would get worse to be around, I wouldn't have believed you. <laughs> oh, Vesper. No, I know. I, For once, Vesper, you and I are in complete agreement. Anyway, if the tour is finished, what are we doing? Oh, right. Well, step right over here into my office. It's already our lab. You don't... This is the machine in question. We got it from a friend. This is the head of a dead witch plugged into it. When you turn it on, it does this. And old Zeke turns the key. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, stop it. Turn it off. I hate it. I hate it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And he turns it back off. Vesper actually seems pretty stoked about what that witch had just did. (laughs) Um, They're typically, they keep their cards pretty close to the vest and they're a, a fairly stoic individual. But Vesper, like, just kind of grins like a kid when that thing starts shooting light and screaming at y'all. Zeke? Yes? Don't say this lightly. This might be the coolest piece of technology you've ever possessed. Well, hmm. Not quite sure how to feel about that. Yeah, I kind of wish it was, you know, something I had made, but... No, the the way that it's making you feel is how it was intended. Cool cool <laughs> because no but because you're bad at making you're bad at making things and, and devices yeah, and technology yeah, yeah i know you rascal I hold, I hold your scientific abilities in contempt okay don't worry you'll get there trust me <laughs> wink why did you say wink <laughs> anyway vesper my friend she gave it to us with the task of figuring out how to make it now Young Zeke here doesn't have the experience that I have, but unfortunately, my experience has, uh, if it exists at all, has been completely scrambled by the fact that I'm now sharing a body with this one, and it's all gooped up my brains, so I don't remember uh, figuring it out how it worked, but I do think I remember, or maybe just had an idea, that you could help. Okay, give me a minute to unpack that. I'm not yet used to the new Zeke's specific brand of nonsense. (sighs) Yeah, we need to build another one. There's a witch head plugged into this one. Angela's out in the woods right now looking for a second different witch head. And we need to build a machine that's exactly like this one to plug that one into. That's what we've been tasked with. Listen, that sounds like occult nonsense, which is not my purview. Uh, I do science. So if you'd like to do science to this thing, um, then I think that I can help with that. But hey, sorry, pause. How does any of this, how does screaming witch heads help us stop the effects of the ship and stop my mom from trying to harness the effects of the ship? I'm not sure. We didn't ask for a lot of information. I don't understand magic shit. I wouldn't have understood it anyway. Yeah. Me and old Zeke have just kind of been bashing it with a wrench, but I guess we could 
try to take it apart and see what's on the inside of it. Okay, do you, I mean, do you think you're going to be able to put it back together again? I don't know, but that's why you're here. (laughs) Cut to 30 minutes later. Uh, the Zeeks and Vesper are staring at the floor of the laboratory, on which is about a two meter by two meter square of gears, bolts, nuts, tubes, feathers, pieces of metal, a, a green rock, can of chickpeas, uh, a dusty cylinder of purple liquid, more pieces of metal, more tubes, etc. And Vesper says, uh, okay, Zeke, I recognize about 75% of this stuff as being technological. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. The glowing green rock and the purple liquid, I think, are a little outside our window, huh? Well, it's just a question of figuring out what those components actually do. Run some tests, run some tests. Sophia! <laughs> And old Zeke picks up the glowing green rock and young Zeke picks up the tube of purple liquid and old Zeke says, my good robot, could you uh, run some scans on these things and see if you get any kind of energy signature reading off of them? I love to scan stuff, especially rocks and mysterious goo. (laughs) I'm bones, I'm hair, I'm flesh. Mm. <laughs> so how does how does Sophia's scanner work, Jen? Uh, I think uh, the Zeeks place uh, each object one at a time on the science slab, and then it's like uh, connect for the Xbox 360. It shoots out just like a grid of green laser dots to kind of scan the object, and then you know maybe the dots like move in a straight line back and forth over it on the x-axis and the y-axis. And then she makes a bunch of beeping noises, and then she delivers her results. Okay, what are her results? So I think Sophia's scans show that the tube of purple liquid acts as the power source for the machine. Uh, She has no idea what the purple liquid is, but she can tell that it is off-putting. Like, when an electric current is run through it, it off-puts just a massive amount of electricity. Like, somehow... You put electricity into it, and even more electricity come out of it. Uh, And the green rock acts as a focus point for all of that energy to direct it into whatever desiccated skull or head you've uploaded into the middle of it. So essentially, you put current into the purple liquid. Purple liquid makes a whole bunch more energy, puts it in the green rock. Green rock focuses it into brain, and presumably if it's a witch brain, a bunch of magic shit come out of it. Okay. So Sophia lays all of that out there, and old Zeke strokes his chin, while young Zeke just kind of stares befuddled, not knowing what most of the words that are on Sophia's screen mean. And old Zeke says, I see. Fabricating a power coupler to handle that much energy is going to take some time. Vesper, why don't you start with that? I'll get started on the tube of purple goo. Okay, what what, what can I 
do. I didn't really get a lot from that whole thing. It's okay, bud. Vesper and I can handle this. You can sit this one out. And old Zeke pats young Zeke on the head. Vesper smirks and pats young Zeke on the head, too. <gasps> Am I? Are you? You're just patronizing yourself. Like, you get that, right? Just take a seat, little buddy. Let the adults handle this. You're the only adult here! <laughs> Vesper, uh... You don't know where they got them, but they drop some uh, welding glasses over their face and you see a blowtorch kind of fire up. And they say, um, it's okay, young Zeke. If you stay out of the grown-up's way, maybe you'll get some candy when this is all over with. Oh my Back to the Sylvan Wood. Eek. Angela, mm-hmm. you and Thatch continue to trudge through what, as I said, has now become essentially a dense swamp. Moss and vine hang down from the widespread trees that surround you. Mysterious, gaseous bubbles rise to the surface of the water across which y'all are walking. Uh, And every step is a bit labored as you sort of have to drag your feet out of the sucking mud that lies just beneath the surface. And you you get the sense as y'all are walking that it's actually getting denser. You find yourself ankle deep in water and having to kind of just barely like shove yourself in between these trees and their roots. And you feel a prick on your leg and look down to see a little bit of green blood flowing out and you see the uh, dense thicket of thorns that has cut you and then you look up and you see ahead of you thatch stopped in front of a tremendous overgrown grove of those same thorns is it blocking our path it is wonderful um, Angela wipes the blood off of her um, leg and then looks up at Thatch and says, how, how are we going to get through this? Do you know like a secret opening or something? No. I said I would take you there if we could get through. Um, I don't think I can get through. Well, um, hmm. Let me think about this. I didn't bring like a hatchet or machete or anything but let me see Angela walks over to the big thorny messiness that's in front of her and kind of just examines it and takes a breath puts her finger to her head and thinks for a second she didn't bring any weapons on her she doesn't have her taser her golf club or anything she's got a big hand But, like, what's she going to do? Punch through all those thorns? Like, hey, Thatch. Yes. So, if the great one with the one that looks like me was here right now, would they be able to make these thorns disappear? It is her domain. The thorns are here because she wishes it. Is she trying to keep us out? I don't know. Great. Well, this form is very new, but I think that I can make these thorns go away. With something called magic. Um, so thorns, it's like pretty thick, right? 
thorns and branches and shit. Yeah. Um, you know that Pokemon Cypher, Cyph- what is it? Scyther. Yeah, and how he has those like green blades of grass to like cut through stuff. He's got scythes for hands, yeah. So I think that I want to make Angela like gather a bunch of leaves and grass and stuff and like make them cut through the vines. So Angela is concentrating really hard on like since they're in a really dense swampy forest situation, she's concentrating really hard on all the um, like loose grass and sticks and stuff around her and her idea is to um, control them and like kind of create like a little tornado with them to Mm -hmm. go up in the sky and like they'll go up really really high and then slash down all the thorns and create a clearing for um, Thatch and Angela and she's never used magic before so Okay, so what? What's your? Tell me what you're like. What Angela's like internal processes of trying to make that happen? Like, what does that look like to try and do that? Um, since she is new to this and has no idea what she's doing, I think that she just thinks this is how you're supposed to do it. But she just closes her eyes, and both of her hands are kind of spread open, uh, or her fingers are spread open, her hands by her side. And she's just really trying to, like, connect with the earth so much so that, like, her feet are growing, like, kind of roots into it. So she's trying to become, like, one with nature and her surroundings that she's in to be mm-hmm. able to use it and manipulate it to her advantage. Um, yeah, Angela, you, um, I think you you focus on this thought of rooting yourself into the ground here and, like, channeling that energy and, and trying to get the wind here up around these leaves to try and slice through these vines ahead of you. Right. And you, I think you've had, since you've arrived here into these, these sort of fairy woods, I think you've had a a superficial sense of the strangeness and the power present here, but I, I don't think that you'd really had an opportunity to internalize yet just how strange and powerful it is here. Until that is you, the moment that you make that connection with the soil here, um, you feel these vines growing out of your feet. You feel the moisture and the warmth of the earth as these pieces of you dive down into it and spread out from it. And then very, very rapidly, you feel the ground itself take that control over away from you and rapidly spiral out of control. And Angela, you watch as these roots, these vines growing out of your feet continue to grow and thicken at an alarming pace. And then you see your legs begin to fuse together and cover with a thicker crust of bark and more branches growing out of them. Uh, And you feel yourself growing stuck in place and immersed in the ground. Thatch, help me. I I wasn't trying to do this, but I, I, I don't know. I guess I messed up. Thatch, I need your help. Thatch looks at you and looks at your legs and runs away. <gasps> fuck you, oh, Thatch. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'll remember you. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, so Angela's 
stuck in the ground then right now, pretty much standing. Yeah, and uh, not just standing, but planted, yeah. essentially. And this bark is continuing to grow up your legs, and you see your legs fusing together higher and higher up. Um, I'm in a forest, so there's rocks around me. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't have, like, a ton of mobility, but I think, like, she's noticing that this bark is kind of, like, growing up fast. So she's going to bend, bend quote-unquote, as much as she can, with, like, kind of, like, leaning to the side and bending as much as her knees as she can, and she's going to scoop up this, like, medium-sized boulder that's, like, next to her with... Medium-sized medium boulder. Medium-sized. A pretty decent-sized boulder with her with her strong hand. Uh-huh. And she's going to start using it to, like, break the crust of the um, wood that's, like, crawling up her. Okay. Yeah. This will be fun. Great. Angela, as the, the bark is rapidly spreading up your legs and you feel the roots spouting out from your feet, digging their way deeper and immersing you further into the ground, you're feeling yourself begin to petrify into a tree before your eyes. You dig down into the earth beside you and you pull out this medium-sized boulder, which I guess is still like an extra-large rock. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you with two hands, you like in a big like shoot out of the the swampy earth. You pull this big rock, and you have just a, a, the briefest thought that this rock seems a bit too perfectly round. But you dismiss that thought almost immediately <laughs> as you wind up over your head and smash this rock down into your own legs. When you do that, a couple of things happen. You succeed in smashing this new like bark carapace that had been growing up you, smashing that to smithereens. Uh, and with a bit of effort, you're able to like pull your feet free and pull yourself free from this transformation. But simultaneously, you also smash the rock in half, which was hollow in the center. Mm. And out of no. the center... Spiders? Yeah, sure. No! Uh, <laughs> thousands of asymmetrical, stone-encrusted spiders start swarming up your legs and towards the parts of your body where you keep your important stuff. <laughs> I hate spiders. You or Angela? Megan does. Angela doesn't like the feeling of critters on her. I think Angela, it's more so just like the little, little uh, the scurrying. Mm -hmm. she doesn't and they're like. scurrying quickly up you. What? How? What size are they? Uh, I'm gonna say, uh, you know that size a spider is, where it's not big enough to be as cute as a tarantula, and it's not small enough to like for you to forget about. It's like a a Hobo like a spider size. 50 cent piece size. Mm, 50 Oh, a half dollar. Yep. That's the one. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I haven't AKA. seen one of <laughs> <laughs> Got it. No one uses cash and coins anymore. Mm-mm. Hate them. Okay. So spiders are crawling up her legs. Um, Angela's just like jumping around and she's trying to like shake them off of her and she's kind of just like being a squiggly little 
uh-huh. thing trying to like get them all off and she's jumping around. Uh, get off of me. Are they off of me? Nope, they're still <laughs> crawling all over you. Uh, and as you like go to swat at one of them, it reacts by biting you. Um, Rude. And it hurts like a motherfucker. And you see a uh, like a stony sort of calcified lump pop up right where it bit you. That's disgusting. What can I fuck them up with? Is there a, like a like a river or a lake or anything? So you're in a swamp. So there is a swamp. You're in it. I'm in the water. You're in the swamp. I'm gonna dunk. I'm Angela's gonna get in the water and try okay. to get these off of her. You like drop down into this swamp water that you've been trudging through uh, until you got to this this thorny barrier and start just wriggling around in the water. And you're getting a few of the spiders off, but but not all of them. But once you get like your your head underneath the water here, you see something kind of strange. You see a great big, probably like six foot wide hole in the earth that was uh, for some reason obscured to you from above the water. But it's this great big, essentially watery tunnel that seems to extend down below the surface of the swamp and curves away in the direction of the thorny barrier. Oh, so she can swim underneath of it. You can swim down in there. Okay. Uh, Angela comes back up really quick. She takes a huge breath. <gasps> Goes back under quickly and starts swimming quickly through the tunnel. Hopefully she doesn't die. Okay. Angela, yeah, you take your deep breath, put your head underwater, and dive through the murky blackness towards mm. places unknown. thinks those spiders would be cute. Maybe I just relate to their many legs and capacity for scurrying. Humans. So afraid of what they do not understand. Things that have more legs than they do. Well, you know, what else has a total of eight legs? The people who make this podcast every week. Here's who they are. Miss Lawson performs the voice of Penny White. Megan Slessman performs the voice of Angela Atticus Jr. James Kedlar performs the voice of Zeke Lynn and also composes the score and sound design for the podcast. And every single other voice is performed by Philip Slessman, who is also the producer and the game master. Our introduction was performed by the impeccable Ethan Waldron. Additional sound effects provided by zapsplat.com Monster of the Week tabletop game created by Michael Sands I guess that's it See all you mind next time <laughs> <laughs>